Welcome to Sonic Talk number 348 of your Earth Sonic Talk episodes. That didn't really... I start, I felt so confident going into that sentence and it sort of fell apart towards the end. Anyway, hello, welcome everybody. Uh, Sonic Talk, of course, is your weekly music technology talk uh, chat show, uh, video stream. You can, if you've not seen this live before, sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4pm uh, UK time. There's also a chat room, which uh, is nice and full on account of, uh, of, of, of our guests this week, I should say. Uh, I want to say also thank you very much to Isotope for being sponsors of the show. Uh, we've got a little bit of uh, a message from them later. And there will be a competition forthcoming in the following weeks and months, uh, probably on an ongoing basis. If you remember last year, they were very good to us and uh, were giving away tons of stuff. So stay tuned for more information. So uh, what we'll do is we'll start off with, um, well, I think I'll start with everybody apart from our new guest, because then that sort of brings it down. It's a nice reveal. So we'll start off over here with, uh, well, we have Mr. Corey Banks over there, B-Boy Tech Report. Mr. Corey Banks, of course, uh, we met at NAMM. Corey is, uh, covers Yo. music technology from a kind of hip-hop and R&B point of view. How are you, yeah, Corey? Yeah, what's going on? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Good to see everybody. Have you been tweaking your background? Background, It looks different somehow. What's, the, what's that <laughs> well, over there? What's that just behind you? Oh, this, this thing? Yeah. That's a painting my daughter did for me for Christmas. She took my logo with some sort of shadow box and she painted it and then she melted some Crayolas and stuff. It's uh, she's like, here's your B-Boy Tech Report logo ah, in a painting awesome. form. And yeah. what and and what's that uh, wood panelled kind of thing underneath it? Is that a mug? Oh, that is that's a slim fatty ah. with, with the wood sides. Then I have a, a rack mount MS two thousand. Ah, old school. Yeah, yeah. Old new, <laughs> yeah, sort of old new school. <laughs> yeah, old new school. I, I've wanted one for a while, and I finally came across one for like a little bit of nothing on, on Thief Bay. I mean eBay. And uh, then I have my my mini mold Voyager here. Nice, plenty of bottom end emanating from your uh, basement there, I'd imagine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Disturb the neighbors. That's my motto. Excellent. Nice. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, we're also going right. to go over to Mr. Mark Tinley, who's uh, looking like he's got some kind of video effect on him. It's quite an interesting idea you got there. Very pixelated. <laughs> going on. But nice to see um, you, Mark. Mark Tinley, likebeing.com. Uh, oh, no, marktinley.co.uk. I've forgotten. I'm so used to the other one. Yes. How um, are you, Mark? I'm well, yes. Good. All glad good. to hear it. Mark Tinley, um, creative um, thinker and... Uh, your vi apart from the video, but everything else is going to be fine. Creative thinker and uh, music technologist there in uh, a sunny kitchen somewhere near Glastonbury with the rising waters. Are you wearing Wellingtons? I have been wearing Wellingtons, and our golden Labrador is now a oh, golden retriever. is now a chocolate-coloured retriever. Because just the mud, it's right? Been leaving piles of grey mud all around the house. <laughs> Nice. So it's quite extraordinary. Nice to have you aboard, Mark. Of those who don't know, um, England is undergoing a kind of biblical flooding at the moment. It's been almost, oh, God, what, three months of just continuous rain? It's just crazy. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. But, uh, you know, we, we'll survive, in the immortal words of uh, Gloria Gaynor. Dave Spears, help me. I'm uh, running into terrible uh, metaphors. Can you do something about it for me? Dave Spears, g4software.com, makes the fine instruments and stuff. Thank you. Well, that wasn't much help. No, I was going to say that's <laughs> the pregnant pause. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, well, but I could have sung "I Will Survive." That, you could, you well. could probably have, re- you probably have knocked up a quick analog rendition of it in in almost no time at all, no doubt. Actually, I'm in sort of synth brass mode today. Oh, really? Yeah. I've got a terrible a, place to be. I've got piano. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Casio. I've got the Casio Privia um, PX Five um, S here. Amazing in terms of size and uh, bang for the buck. A little bit unfathomable on the operating system, but I'm going to be uh, putting it on the test bench and giving it a run through um, soon, hopefully. So you'll be able to see just how great or not it is uh, for yourself. Uh, and now we come to uh, Mr. Diego Stocco from DiegoStocco.com. Uh, Diego has been working on his interior decoration here because usually when we see him, it's, uh, it's frankly, he hasn't pulled the boat out. So obviously, you know, we, we've got, either we've got more more gravitas or you have because that looks like a fantastic is that like an rca oscillator back there as well but- no actually that's a custom thing it's called the lco is the light controlled oscillator it's a custom stuff it's basically a light theremin but it's built inside an enclosure there's a light bulb so i can actually control the pitch you know without uh, having the sun or any other source of light uh, messing just, with the just the thing for a studio <laughs> yeah <laughs> pull the blinds down <laughs> Yeah, work with the bat. and there's there's a bit of uh, kind of uh, Blade Runner style, style kind of um, open TV cathode ray tube going on underneath. Yes, there. yes, That's yes. Because awesome. it it helps me get into the mood uh, <laughs> of doing things. <laughs> Excellent, and what that's your um, uh, your multiple string instrument there in the corner as well. That looks yeah. awesome. What was that called? Yeah, that's, that's the other the, side. That's that <laughs> side. Yeah, Bigsbury bass. Bigsbury yeah. bass, of course. Uh, Diego. Yeah, you can see that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, carry go go ahead more. No, no, I was you just saying. Gonna... Then you can see the Xperia violin right behind it. But, ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, yeah. is that a guitar neck? No, on the it? family grows. <laughs> very beautiful, very beautiful things. Diego, of course, uh, Diego Stocker is famous for his sound design, and not only in creating sounds out of things in the environment, uh, amongst many other things. And of course, Diego has just actually released his own set of tutorial uh, videos. Um, it's like a sound course, fast forward. Feed forward. Feed, oh, there we go. I'll get it right in a sec. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry <for the> name. <laughs> feed <laughs> forward. Feed forward sounds. Um, and you've started off with uh, your rhythmic processing. For, uh, FFF. We'll start with this because I've just talked myself <laughs> into a tongue twister. So I'm going to do it now. Here it comes. I'm just going to play your trailer so people will know what you're doing. Rhythmic processing is a technique that will allow you to create in real time rhythmic elements from an instrumental or vocal part. Here I will show you how I created a drum beat and a bass line from an acoustic guitar part. I started by recording a minute and a half long part with few accents at the beginning and more by the time I was progressing into it. By doing that, you will hear how the accents and the evolution of the original part will drive the accents and the evolution of the processed elements. Sounds so good on headphones, Diego. I have to say, the bottom end just kind of like drove into my eardrums in a in a very pleasing way. So, uh, Diego, um, 
that's what you've been up to. I mean, you know, I don't need to ask you. I've just played it. So I, we bumped into you at NAMM, didn't you? And you showed me a little preview of it. And I've seen that episode in full, and it's absolutely fascinating. And are you using the... Uh, what What drove you to do it? I mean, what's aside from, obviously, um, making some money from your fabulous skills, I mean, it seems like that you're driven by a kind of need to, to share this, right? Yeah, I was... Um I've been thinking about this idea for a while because I did some classes uh, at Berkeley and uh, FIDM, which is another college in uh, downtown Los Angeles. And I was just, you know, being asked, is there a moment where you will do a video or a masterclass or you film or something? Because, you know, when you're there physically, there's only a certain amount of information that you can share. And so I've been thinking about a format. I've been writing down some ideas. I went through some revisions, and I couldn't really find, because I don't work in a linear way, so I needed to find a way to synthesize in a reasonable amount of time something that is a technique that you can apply to multiple uh, contexts in music and sound design. And so finally, you know, I was able to, <laughs> to, to, to synthesize that into a video, and this is the first one. And uh, as you can see, it's great. It's great they, looking. Yeah. And it, I, I like the way that you split the screen up and kind of so you can see what's going on at all these different points. But then you're synchronizing various stages along with the same, you know, so just thinking in your head of how to actually construct that must have been quite a challenge in itself. Yeah, it, it is quite tricky from a video editing, but I think it, it, it's necessary for people to see exactly the workflow. And I wanted to keep it really tight, meaning that. I am not speaking, ah, let me grab a glass of water. Or I'm, I'm just go straight to the point and everything is, it's a video. If you miss something, you just rewind and you watch it again. So there's no need for this to be an hour and a half long when you can, you know, do it in 10 minutes and people just look at it and they go, okay, I get it. And, you know. Ah, excellent. But uh, so what, what made you choose? Is there a kind of route through your kind of your brain, as it were? Are you starting with rhythmic processing because it's easier to grasp or is it just kind of the one that was the most crystallized in, in, in you know, in, in the way that you wanted to do this? No, I actually have a sequence of techniques in mind and rhythmic processing is the first because rhythm is uh, such a fundamental element in music that once you cover that, then you can cover other elements like timbre and uh, other things that come after that. So I thought it was a good idea to start with that because in the, in the next video, for example, I'm using a tiny bit of rhythmic processing combined with the new technique. So you have to, uh, you have, to have seen the first video to uh, kind of follow. It's a progression, you know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. If I would be explaining you how I work, I would start from there. I, I see what you're saying. So have you got them all in the bag now or are you kind of, you know, you, you, you sort of finished it and you're just releasing them to, or are you working on them at the moment at the same time? No, I am, I'm working on them at the, you know, I, I have the first one, obviously it's out. Uh, I am finishing the second one and uh, I have the contents uh, in pre-production for the third one. Uh, I am kind of keeping it open also because... Uh, it's very important for me to hear what people think and how they mm. feel about it because, you know, it was an interesting, it's a learning experience also for me because, as you can see, there's a lot of tutorials out there, but I'm, I'm trying to do them in a little different. It's not really a tutorial. It's more like a master class in a way because I'm not really telling you, and this knob is this. Sure, I mean, yeah. You're supposed to know already because this is for medium advanced users. Yeah, so, yeah. And none of these things can be found in a, in a user manual, which is 
you know, probably I guess the that's major... what, uh, did you find that quite freeing? You thought, right, I'm not going to bother with sort of Ableton Live yes. is kind of thing. So you just went, right, I'm just going to go in at, at, at a level I'm already comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, I use Pro Tools and Ableton Live, but uh, I, I say to people, and I also write it in the page, you can use whatever uh, doll you like because the workflow can be adapted uh, to other uh, platforms. As long as you are you know, familiar with your platform, I wouldn't recommend this to someone that is just starting with Ableton Live or Pro Tools because it's, it's just too much stuff happening very yeah. quickly. It, it supposes a certain level of, uh, of, of knowledge or what have you. Yeah. But, absolutely... but I felt there's room for that. You know, I, I felt that there is room for people to you know, go from... Yeah, know, they I, mean, of... I, th I think you're right. I mean, I think we're kind of... We're... Well, you it could go to one of two ways, can't it? It can either be you suppose everybody knows a whole load of stuff because we take it for granted, uh, and then it misses the mark, or you you pitch it too low, and you know everybody's like, "Yeah, yawn, I already know this stuff." So it's a difficult. Th I think you've got it pretty nailed there, though. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought the same thing because uh, there's uh, an abundance of uh, great video tutorials from big names, you know, like Groove Three, Mac Pro Video, and they cover everything before anybody else. And I, I'm not even interested in being in competition with them. I see myself as what I do as maybe a complementary uh, thing. If someone, after they watch the whole thing, then, okay, let me see something else, something different, something more personal, for example. Yeah, and you're also doing the, uh, the thing where you're encouraging people to apply the, your te the techniques that you're giving them and then send you tracks on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. or, you know, so it's yeah. almost like you're, you're treating it like an online course, but without it being a course. It's, it's kind of interesting how you've done that. Yeah, it, it's all about that. I mean, the, the idea is uh, I'm showing you my approach and how I am musically interpreting that technique. But I would like you to take it from there and do what you like, the way you like. And how have you found response to that so far? Because presumably uh, things like that can get rather out of hand. I remember when we did the uh, demo, the, the, the uh, submissions for the, the theme tune for the Sonic uh, talk, there were, I don't know how many there were, but there were a hell of a lot of them. And it was just, there were just so, I mean, and we weren't able to give About critiques. 300, I seem to Was remember. it? Oh, 300, you remember, yeah. We, and we couldn't find that a way. It took me days to listen to all of them <laughs> forever. <laughs> we kind of created a bit of a rock for our own back. Not that it wasn't enjoyable, but it was it's sort of over overwhelming so uh you have to you have to be careful there diego otherwise you're going to end up being like an anr guy no no obviously I, I i this is like a it's not supposed to work like you do something and i review it or something like that if i happen to have a chance to listen to that's great uh it was nice at the beginning that a couple of people just did something immediately one was very interesting uh, the other one was a little bizarre because the guy used my name <laughs> to trigger the thing. So it was saying, Diego Stocco, Diego Stocco. And it was like, Jesus, I mean, this is crazy. And, but it didn't sound bad. It was just really intense for me to listen to. Yes. <laughs> a little bit extreme there. Narcissistic, narcissistic but by proxy. Yes, yeah. yes. Bizarre. But I said, hey, I encourage you to <laughs> be creative and have fun. So all you got to do is go to diegostocco.com. Uh, mm -hmm. And in fact, I will do that when I've, uh, I've just forgotten to set one thing up on the uh, on the internet. So I'll just do that in a sec. But uh, yeah, that's what you need to do. And then you'll be able to uh, enjoy diegostocco.com. There's links to all of your stuff from there. So yeah, yeah. really well worth, mm -hmm. well worth on it. Graphically, it will lead you to the page where you can find all the information uh, and how to, how to get the video basically. Brilliant. 
Uh, I'm just having a slight mouse. There we go. We're back. We're back with it. I was just trying to set up the browser because I've just realised I haven't actually... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually set up my web browser to be captured, and I was going to show you your screen, so I'll just see if I can do that now. Because, um, I mean, your, your stuff, what else have you been up to apart from that? I can't imagine there's an awful lot of room in your life other than for this at the moment, because it sounds like it's quite a time-consuming affair. Well, I have other things that uh, I can't really talk about, but uh, I'm keeping myself busy trying to stay above the water, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I like like it like this. I like to be always, you know, doing something. And uh, so I, I, I said, let, let, let's add something else on top yeah, of why, everything. Yeah, why ever not? <laughs> anyway, Diego, thank you very much. I hope you're going to stick around and, uh, and contribute to the rest yeah. of our topics. Uh, right. Um, this. Now, this is really interesting because in some ways it's, it, it, it's a mirror of what you're talking about in terms of the simplicity of the source material. I mean, obviously, there's more processing involved in what you're doing. But uh, I, just, I just thought this... Um, in some ways, was just well. I'll play it and make sure it's actually playing the right one. Here we are. This is uh, by a chap called Thane MLH. As uh, uh, a fan of Tangerine Dream and what have you, of the FM radio program Music with Space, you can find very quiet. Unfortunately, musicwithspace.com. It's got two, but what, if you can't see there, I can't quite make it out. It's got two monotribes. OMB and two delay pedals and he's just uh, basically going to show us how to make so uh, old school Berlin a um, pair of mono tribes and a uh, digital stereo delay pedal well it's electronic music a lot music. of uh, comments on it uh, so I'll just forward it, fast forward it a little bit so uh, not so interesting we'll get it through so again, it just does some really interesting stuff just with really really minimal I mean because you know you can't get much more yeah, basic than these guys Anyway, I'll shut up now, now and you can I listen. I'll uh, perform with it uh, a bit to give you a sense of uh, what, uh, what you can do by uh, muting tracks, shortening the lengths of the sequence to uh, give you that uh, really... Uh, to, to really Fast forward it. <laughs> there but if you listen to it from the beginning it's got this beautiful evolution and it's just a really interesting thing just using two sources and a delay and um you know we will be getting on to some other information about uh, the obviously the ira and what have you coming on i know dave uh, i know you're quite a big fan of delays and sequences and what have you i mean did, did this inspire you to switch off a lot of synthesizers and just kind of <laughs> get on with it with a couple of oscillators no turn more on uh, no uh i love it I really love it. I mean, I've got tap tempo delays on pretty much everything here, uh, particularly the Strymon stuff. And also there's a Boss, what's it called? I don't know, Giga Tempo, Giga Delay or something like that. I use that with the foot switch. And, and actually, because everything's kind of interconnected, you can set stuff up uh, easy. For me, add a couple of chords on top of this 
and I'm well away for the evening. Thank you very much. Nice bottle of Carver as well. That'll do me nicely. <laughs> you get get some bubbles going on. Uh, Corey, is this? A, I mean, you've got a bunch of mono since there. Is this something you like to like to do yourself? Turn the lights down, get a delay out, and just kind of beats-free ambient kind of uh, old school Berlin style. Sounds like a great idea. Well, well yeah, I do that sometimes actually because I have a um, a boss. Uh, what is it, the RE twenty tape delay? So, yeah, I'll connect that to, I actually have it pretty much, I don't turn my Voyager on without it. <laughs> so, on the same relay switch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They both come on together. But I like that video, real simple. It shows a lot, because, you know, sometimes people could get so obsessed with, like, tons and tons of gear. I'm guilty. Uh, but it's cool to see such a simple setup and making such cool music, though. I thought that was dope. Yeah, no, really nice. Mark, What uh, I know you like to kind of work with limitations yourself, whether it's time or, you know, whatever. Is this something you could uh, you could see yourself working towards? Really pare it down. I, uh, I've been noticing more and more recently that the thing that I do, and I've done this ever since I got Steinberg's Pro 24 and a Roland MT32, uh, I think multi-timbral synths have been the death of my music. So before oh. that, I had an SH-101, and it was I used to sequence it off a 909, off the rimshot trigger. And I used to have to work out how to do things, and I had one instrument for each function, and then I'd kind of... I noticed listening back to some punk music the other night that the way synths got introduced into punk was there was sort of one synth that came in, and somehow I've got to the point now where I end up doing five synths and I hear something in my head and then I start doing it and I think oh this is quite good and then I think no that's not quite it and then the mistake is it needs something else rather than start and I start adding and adding and adding and adding and adding Uh, when in reality I should have just gone back three steps and just tweaked something that the thing that wasn't right and the thing that's not right ends up staying in you know forever and ever and ever and there's nothing better as a guitarist than standing with a delay because it keeps you in time so you get into the groove of the delay uh, and then yeah, you play with the groove of the delay and then you start doing offbeat stuff and then you create stuff and then you press a freeze button and then you've got a loop and then that's something to work with so i love delays and i really need to somehow discipline myself to retain simplicity in my work because otherwise it just ends up sounding completely confusing and a real mess and then i and then I don't know what to do with it. So. <laughs> Guilty, my lad. I think I can understand that. Diego, I'm curious as to how, you know, uh, when you're... Because presumably when you're doing your complex design work, mm-hmm. it must be very easy for things to get kind of balloon out of... Do, do you have a kind of place that you go to where you just go, I'm just going to use one synthesizer and I'm going to do this or whatever it is just to sort of ground yourself and stop, stop going t- too far down the rabbit hole? It, it, how do you do that yourself? Yeah, basically my limit is when I start to kill the CPU of my laptop, it means it's not working. I start building a session, okay, and then I add a delay or whatever else processing it's going on. And then I feel like, eh, maybe I can add something more, and then it adds and adds and adds, but it adds something that is not substantial. And then at the end, I end up with too much stuff that is not really doing anything. So I go, okay, let me cut this, cut that. And I end up with five or six elements that are really doing something interesting. Right. And that's usually my process. I got to go, you, you know, talking the CPU <laughs> and then back. 
<laughs> so you don't cheat by freezing stuff. You you actually it has to all has to be live. That's the rule you follow, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That which is the thing that I actually you know show in the video. It's the real time uh, aspect that it trans- interests me because. Uh, Whatever happens with the original material, uh, the, the processing changes. So uh, I, I also do, obviously, a lot of uh, recording. I, I capture something and then I use it later. But um, it's like, you know, jamming with the synth, jamming with the sequencer. Um, you just go with the flow. You just enjoy yeah. it. And, and, and that's the experience of playing with it. Absolutely. I mean, that, I think my last experience with that, I did a, 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 a sort of addendum to the Microbrute review where I just played it through uh, a plug-in channel with a delay on it. And I just did it. It was like mm. an eight-minute jam, and it was great. And I hadn't done that for years. I mean, there were a couple of mistakes in it and what have you. But it, it really, it, it sort of worked. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't think I had it in me, you know. And I think I must go back to that. And sadly, most of these things leave the building. So I'm unable to actually um, revisit that. So I'm just, and I can't, I must stop, you know, I can't, obviously can't possibly buy everything I review or, or most of anything that I review because then I'd be, even more poor than I am already, but it, it's tempting sometimes just to hang on. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm hankering after a, a good old delay and um, a, and a, you know a synth, as it were. I noticed um, there was a Yamaha analog delay, and it's the one that I used to use in about 1982 on eBay for 400 quid and mm. something like that, 395, 400 quid. And I was thinking, why would anybody buy that? It's crazy. Well, because totally it's, a, crazy. it's a BBD, isn't it? Um, um, yeah. Yeah. So sounds awful. What did you say it was, <laughs> uh, Dave? They're the ten tens. The ten tens are going for mad, mad money now. Why? Why for so I much money? I think because they've got oh, a certain right. kind of character to the to the sound and stuff like that. It's funny. I was talking with people who used to use them back in the day. I didn't, uh, and I was talking with people, and they reckoned that each one was, you know, again was very slightly different, and it had that kind of analog vibe. Uh, yeah, but mental, mental, absolutely mental, the money they're going for. Well, there we oh, go, analogue delay. I suppose that the thing about them is when you divide down the sound, you get these much lower resolutions and you get that real tail off. So there must be a, a lot to the, the sound of it for that very reason, right? But it is something that you can, you can emulate that with plugins really, really easily. And it just, the amount of noise floor and just grit and grunge and everything on that 1010, it's just not... It's just not worth going there. I mean, I remember getting it. It was in a 19-inch rack, and I was thinking, this is going to be great. And before that, I'd had this thing which I'd bought out of my mum's catalogue for like 80 <laughs> quid or 70 quid or something, and it was just no better. It had no longer delay and no, and, and no better sound. And then when I got the Powertran MCS-1, which was a MIDI-controlled sampler as well as a delay, I was like, wow, this thing this is, is, like this is really the, cool. The bee's knees. Yeah. Well, delays. Like delays are good. Um, I, I think what we're going to do now is uh, say thank you to our sponsor, and then we'll move on. And we've got lots of things to talk about. Obviously, the Roland Iras have dropped, and uh, there's some big, big news from Korg, which I really want to talk about as well. But in the meantime, I'm going to press this and say thank you to our sponsors. Yes, our sponsors, of course, Isotope, with us uh, again this year. Thank you very much. Uh, if, if you're watching the video you're probably seeing screenshots of their latest plugin which is brake tweaker this is uh, something they've done in conjunction with bt it's a really interesting sort of polyrhythmic isorhythmic which is a new word i heard from uh, matt hines of isotope 
way of creating beats. Lots of sort of independent channels of tempo channels and beat lengths, but also some really powerful synthesizer uh, stuff as well. So you can manipulate audio at a molecular level, reinvent any beat by controlling pitch, rhythm and texture. Very fine resolutions. Free yourself from traditional drum grids even. Experiment, experiment and create polyrhythmic. And you can also trigger different patterns from different keys. Uh, you can craft the perfect drum sound by blending samples and synthesis at the same time uh, in wavetables and designed by um, you know various different people, including BT. So yes, very well worth checking out. Uh, if you want to go and get your 10-day uh, demo, uh, go to isotope.com and follow the links to Break Tweaker. Uh, and uh, we thank them once again for their continued sponsorship of the show. Right, uh, we've got to talk about Ira because I, I know it's kind of rather dominated the news massively kind of everywhere, including us. And I feel like I've been a little bit, I feel a little bit like I've been used and abused by the Roland PR machine, but it's because there are so many things out there. But while I, before I start, I want to say thanks ever so much to uh, Champ, who's in the chat room. He did some videos for us from the dance fair in Utrecht in Holland above and beyond uh, absolutely fantastic work so the system one and the vt3 videos are his uh let me see what i can play uh, i think i did the um i think it was just uh this one right so well, i did a comp I, I got a 808 uh, this is just a very short video i got an 808 and the tr8 and i put them together uh, tr8 of course is of original 808 i've got one if you didn't here. know one came from adrian Oatley from port's head want to say thanks very much is the adrian. sort of reimagining of the 808 99 groove box well drum machine not really groove box from roland and it's been causing a bit of a stir and we knew it was coming we just didn't know what it sounded like until until then last show i did um Really, really difficult to actually. I did have it in the background, the but I couldn't tell you. I have absolutely no idea how it works. It's not a. And I did. I found myself when I got the TR808. I was like, hold on a minute. This is so much more complicated to use than the TR8, which was, and I couldn't figure out how to get two patterns. So I had to find a pattern on it, and then you know, make it on the TR8. Just for a bit of fun. So here we go. So once again, these aren't. It was quite hard to match them perfectly, but here we go. And the TR8 has got a mono out. Let's see how we go. One, two, three, four. And of course, the thing is, you can see which drum machine's going if you look closely. <laughs> but anyway, that doesn't matter. But I mean, the point was, I was just using a shorter video to illustrate the kind of fact that they are here. And uh, it's quite astonishing, really, that there's so it's such a polarised... The community is massively polarised about this because obviously... The big news in recent months and years, you know, 18 months, has been the release of uh, analogue kind of remakes, you know, particularly the uh, MS-20 and the Volkers and what have you, and just the the, 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 the re-emergence of that. And, and Roland, you know, although they've gone back to their roots once again in terms of, you know, the brand and the, and the sounds, this is all done in modelling. I don't know. I'm going to start with you, Corey, because um, just because I can. <laughs> what are your thoughts about this? I know you're quite thrilled about some of it, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I really am looking forward to the um, the system one just because that plug out feature it seems pretty cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of plugins they'll be developing or plug outs or however they want to say it. But it'll be cool. I can just imagine having that that synth there, and you know, you only got so many so much room for synthesizers. There's only so much money you can spend on them too, right? So it's cool to think that you could have the system one and get all those classic rolling synths as they kind of mature the line and develop it and stuff. Um, so I'm looking forward to the system one. But as far as the the TR8, now the the the, the TB3. Um, back in the day, somebody loaned me a, a 303, 
And my best friend recently, like a year or two ago, had to remind me, don't you remember you had that 303? I was like, oh, yeah. So I never was a fan of the 303. I had it. It wasn't, you know, I'm into hip hop. So um, Why would I'm you looking need at guys like, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So and growing up in Chicago and close to Detroit, you know, that whole Chicago house sound and, and uh, acid music and stuff. It was kind of like, yeah, this is all you hear. But what I was into was stuff like what DJ Premier and Pete Rock and these kind of guys were making. So it totally was just out of my spectrum. So I yeah. had it for like a year and it just sat there. I didn't do much with it. And now this comes out. So I'm not really interested in the 303. Uh, the 808, the, the TR8, though, um, obviously that's pretty cool. But I got to say, it's kind of like the hot girl that you've been pursuing. So everybody wants the classic one. Now that this is out, I find myself kind of like, eh, maybe it's not so hot now. I don't know. <laughs> but, but She's not so I, good looking still, after a couple of drinks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got to say about that line, I don't know if I, it's, it's kind of like real Star Trek-y the way they, they did the design. I mean, it looks kind of sharp, edgy in the lit edges, the glow in the dark edges. I'm not sure what it is, but um, it's still, still in all, that's it. I still want to get my hands on a TR8 and really check it out and see what it's like and, and hear it for myself. I, um, I can say that the bottom end of the kick drum is monstrous. I, th I ran it through a spectrum analyzer and it went down to about 30 hertz when it was tuned wow. right down. The, the fundamental was like, right, and you just bring it right, you know, when you tune it. It's, right, it's all there. Um, oh. I mean, and, but the thing that was interesting, because I was talking to the, core, uh, the Roland guy, um, I was thinking that the uh, hats... And the symbols were samples, right? Well, they were in the 909 anyway. But in fact, they're modelled mm. as well. So what's quite interesting there is there may be the possibility, because, I mean, each voice has uh, th some memories, up to about three memories. But there's actually mm. 16 slots for memories. So I, th I can foresee, you know, maybe what we're going to see is them releasing more models for more drum machines, maybe the entire range of Roland drum machines with OS updates. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Uh, certainly on the TR8 sweet. side, because that, that seems to be... You know, if they're following that route with the System 1, then it would make sense they should probably do that with the, um, the you know, the, the TR8. Mark, I could tell you're a 303 head. And you have been. I, <laughs> I love the 303. I don't want to talk about... I mean, I, there's a that Basebot TT303 kind yeah. of does it for me, and it's basically fundamentally a 303 that's been given steroids, and it does a billion and one other things, and it's very clever. So if I want a 303, a physical one... At four hundred quid from Thorman in Germany, you can't go wrong with that. So, oh, is that the base bot? It's only so four hundred sure quid, right? Okay, four hundred quid now. Yeah. So wow. I'm, I'm just, you know, the Roland one. It's like, I don't know. I mean, if it brings that sound back, then kind of cool because I enjoyed that sound quite a lot in nightclubs in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the eight hundred eight because, or the TR eight or whatever they're yeah. calling it, because. <laughs> I've been able to capture the sound of TR-808 forever. So when I had an S-1000 sampler, people used to go like, how come you've managed to get that TR-808 bass drum in there? Because you know that the bass rolls off on an S-1000. And the trick is to just stick a bloody sine wave behind it and then put an envelope on the sine wave and you end up in the same territory. Uh. You can go way, way, way down and get all of that deep bassy thing and then you can tune it and you can play tunes on it and you can play around with it and you can get some really cool stuff so and I have to say, I agree with Corey's idea that this is the cool girl because we've kind of we've polished this holy grail of drum machines so it's like absolute bloody end 
you know, it's it's it. Now that they, Roland have re-released something that sounds and kind of ostensibly does the same thing, hopefully, 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 people will start to get bored of this sound and will start looking elsewhere for sounds. I think drum sounds were way more interesting when people were slamming cupboard doors and sampling things with Fairlight <laughs> and making big, yeah, well. unworldly kind of strange snares that could have you know, right. couldn't possibly have come from anywhere. So it's like, don't play me that same sound again and again and again. <laughs> yes, I know it works, and it works for certain things in the same way as sticking a U87 in front of a vocalist works. But try something else, for God's sake. I mean, come on. That's a very, that's a very valid point. I can, I can see you nodding in agreement, Diego. I mean, I, I yeah, guess because you're not a drum machine guy, right? Well, the point is... It's a machine that generates a sound, but that sound, obviously, it's been around for a very long time in every possible form, as a clean version, as a distorted, as a processed, as whatever. And yes, the machine back when it came out in the 80s, it was an experience. It looks in a certain way, felt in a certain way, you were working in a certain way. Right now, that's kind of obsolete in my experience. But we couldn't... What Korg, though, did something different, if I might just say something. They reintroduced the analog concept, but they created a new type of experience, like a small, portable, kind of modular, if you want, uh, way of creating your own sound. So they did something different than Roland. Roland is just bringing back something, and honestly, I would love to see something that can give me new sounds, rather than just the old uh, 808 sound. That sound is lovely, but how many times can you actually use it in these days? I suppose the thing is about it is it's at this price, it's sort of available to more people who've always wanted to aspire to that. But the, the thing, the thing, I mean, you know, Dave, Dave, you've got an 808. I mean, you were interested in this thing, but I, I'm just worried that we're now going to end up with back in the music that's only one bar long, <laughs> basically, which <laughs> I'm not sure I could cope with that, you know. Oh, you've gone. Where did you go? There you are. Sorry, Dave. Okay. It's me. Ah, it's not you, it's me. No, um... Blimey. Where do I start? Where do I end? I'll probably get the TR8, because actually, having got the 808, I want the 909, and I've had experience of several 909s, and they're all very slightly different. And the first thing I've got to say, actually, is the review you did of that TR8, I thought was brilliant, because I'd sort of semi-dismissed it, and when you put that analyzer on it, and when I was able to kind of look at it, and then on the separate video where you put the 808 one side and the TR8 the other side, I was like, that sounds cool. Maybe I need both to do that, which is slightly excessive, <laughs> but that's kind of me. Um, but yeah, I'll probably get that TR8. The 303 is not really my bag. I think like Mark, I'd probably go for the bass bot. In fact, I was supposed to do that months ago and didn't get around to it. The System 1, yeah, maybe. I quite like the idea of the plug-out. It's an interesting anything. idea. I, I don't know if you know that they're actually going to be making... There are three in development. There's the SH-101, SH-2, and System 100. And they're not sure which one they're going to go with first. Uh, and, yeah. But I have, I mean, I've heard that it's going to be, you know, these, this is all unconfirmed. There's just discussions I've had with people in the company who say we don't know, you know, but this is, the, uh, this is what, what's under discussion. 99 bucks per model. And also, wow. uh, um, you get one model with it as well. So, uh, but but yes, the, I, I agree about the the, the eight oh eight nine. And the one thing I found about it is, you know, we're still talking about sequencing <laughs> that is just essentially 
you know, back in the 80s and 90s. There's no, you know, mm. parameter locks. There's no advancing, advancing of the actual sequencing mechanism, which I think, I think they missed a trick there. Sorry, Mark, you wanted to come in there. Yeah, I've got a Roland Varios. Ah, I remember that. Wasn't my, that something they said they were going to be... Sitting on top of my... Uh, it was supposed to be like an operating system that would recreate various different sounds. It's got a Jupiter stroke Juno emulation in it. It's got a 303 emulation, and it does this really cool variable uh, elastic audio sampling thing, and it's clearly the predecessor to the V-Synth and a whole load of other things. But this was supposed to be the operating system that Roland would throw loads of stuff at, and through the years, you'd be able to expand on this thing, and you'd be able to use it for different things, and they'd give you all these, you know, more and more synths and blah, 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 blah. And I'm kind of looking at this System 1 thing and thinking... How long? How long? is it going to be before they stop supporting it? Because my Varios, the only way I can get it to work is to one, run Windows 98 on my computer. It won't run <laughs> oh, with no. various... It won't run with Windows <laughs> XP. That is Service on Pack S, Service Pack 3 on Windows XP breaks the driver, so you can't talk to it anymore. So the only way I can get it to work is with Windows 98, which I've got running on in a VMware partition, and I can kind of, you know, with the right wires get around that but getting around it isn't it being supported they're two different things aren't they so either we'll have like loads of very very cheap system ones in 10 years time <laughs> or something. and then that'll be fun well, uh, the system one do at do least like does one work, but thing. it does work as it is. And it's, I mean, let's just, if you don't know, it's a full voice. I mean, there has been some discussion about the fact that it doesn't seem to have a pitch bend or a mod wheel. It doesn't seem to have velocity. You know, these are things that in a performance synthesizer one might expect. But I think we also discovered that perhaps, you know, this wasn't necessarily um, aimed at, you know, us as a group of people it's more at sort of kids who just want to emulate a specific sound or what have you and we haven't really had quality demos i mean there, there seems to have been you know champ very very kindly in the chat room he filmed the system one uh, in utrecht but it was the same demo as i'd seen everywhere else apart from the one that brandon had done the, the guy didn't modify it at all and it, there was no kind of so i'm wondering whether that is because it's just nowhere near finished uh, you know the os is just not done so it was only capable of those things without kind of starting to go a bit, you know, cranky, perhaps. I don't know. What about the uh, the, the scatter? What, what do you all think about the scatter? I'm, I'm not sure if um, if that's another rolling gimmick D-beam type of thing or th type of thing or if it's something significant. I, I, um, I, I, I wasn't so sure about it when I was doing the TR8 uh, demos, but I've played with it a bit more since, and it's actually it's kind of cool. And we had uh, Mike Gregg here yesterday, actually, with Ableton, and he, was, he did us a de I had this set up, um, and he was just having a play with it before he did a demo, which will be online soon. He did this amazing jam just using push, but I digress. And uh, he was getting some much better stuff out of it than I was capable of. So I think in that instance, <laughs> yeah, it works all right. Good, he's very, yeah, I've never seen him do his thing. It was very, very good. So I don't know. I mean, Corey, I think it's, you know, it's just, but yeah, I, I guess we're not going to see a warehouse full of scatter as we might have seen a warehouse full of DB. <laughs> full of DB. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Um, Looks like an interesting thing, though. I mean, um, I'm I'm real interested to see how this kind of turns out. But I still think I think it's kind of early to really tell what exactly is good and what's not so good about it because I don't know if it's really finished. Right? It's just yeah, kind of exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. 
Dave's oh. looking. Dave's looking extremely kind of nonplussed there. <laughs> there was too much reverb in that demo. Wasn't yeah, it? well, that's you know that's just the the, the you know. But I really want to try these out in the flesh because actually for me that that kick drum was quite something else. In fact, it appeared just on the video that you did to have a little more air than the 808. Yeah, uh, one thing about the the comparison I did. Um, when you look at the waveform, the 808 waveform was very dynamic and the TR8 was more solid. Now, I didn't put compression on the bass drum because you can dial that in on the, 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 the bass drum. Uh, very effective on the 909. But um, the, 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 the brutality and the metal of the 808 hats was stronger on the 808 itself. And also the fact that it was just all over the place. You know, the same tone triggered twice did not sound the same. But that's because that one's uh-huh. like 30, 40 years old and a 110 volt and probably completely knackered. Because somebody in the, in the comments of the, that video, I said I was getting all sorts of stick for it. I said, look, I did it quick. Said, actually, the TR8 sounds more like the, my 808 than the 808 sounds like my 808. <laughs> so it depends which one you model. You know? It really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I noticed well, something on eBay. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I noticed something on eBay a couple of nights ago. I was because I've got this kind of sweeping search, searching for the. I've got I've got obsessed with something which I won't go into actually. But I, uh, I've got a sweeping search, searching for the word analog, and it threw up for sixty quid. You can buy the circuit boards from a TR nine oh nine but a modified set of circuit boards. So you build this thing in a rack yourself, so you need to source all the components and stick them on the boards right. with a soldering iron, but it's 60 quid for the boards, right? And then when you've built, when you've built the, your 909 in a rack, uh, it has nine controls for the bass drum, so you've got control over a whole load of new things that you can't do in a 909, so it can sound exactly like a 909, or it can do something else. And I'm always interested in something else, things yeah. that will stretch something off yeah. in a different direction. I think that's fair enough. I think that's absolutely fair enough. Um, I think um, perhaps you know, the thing to think about with this is it's, you know, it's a work in progress, as we've said. Um, but what's also very interesting, and this is something that I definitely wanted to get into this week's show, is um, Korg uh, made an announcement which was just kind of, yeah, whatever, and just saying we're going to be doing this in a couple of weeks. This, I'm going to play something because it gives me an opportunity to play uh, my, one of my favourite bits of Odyssey, uh, Odyssey playback. So here we go. This is George Duke on the Frank Zappa Band on the Odyssey. One of the finest synth solos of its type. It's coming up shortly. Go, George. Uh, Inca Roads. I know that's not perhaps Mark's cup of tea, but uh, one of my favourite bits of Frank Zappa is. Dave, I've got to come to you first, really, because you are um, the maker of a, a virtual odyssey. This news kind of... Ca- basically, the news was that uh, they've... Um, have they acquired the ARP name? Uh, and they're working with uh, David Friend, who was one of the former members, uh, founders of ARP, right? Who went on to make Carbonite, a great backup uh, system, by the way. Yes. Yes. Uh... The name situation is a little unclear at the minute. There is actually a rumour that this isn't going to be released in Europe until the, until a trademark issues resolve. Uh, uh, I believe that the trademark for ARP was registered by a 
a Spanish distributor called Musis, Music Song oh, uh, way Is back in 2002, <laughs> and I think it's still valid. Now, the ARP name in the US, or the brand, was registered by that Joseph Brand setter, and I think he had the Rhodes trademark at some, at some point. I don't know whether he's still got that. So it's just kind of really interesting on a million billion levels for me because, first of all, what a curveball. There was me really hoping that Cork were going to be doing like a mini PS 3300 or something oh, yeah. like that. Well, maybe. Um, but the Odyssey, I, don't, I mean, what can I say? I know the Odyssey inside out. It really is. It's a remarkable instrument. It's, and, and we touched on this last week, the kind of post-NAM experience, in that the joy for, the, for me with the Odyssey is the workflow, because it is very odd, which is why we call the software version the Odyssey. In fact, John, our programmer, said uh, the other day, we're probably the most cutting-edge company on the entire planet at the minute because we have an emulation of a product that's actually not released yet, <laughs> which I thought was quite entertaining. But, you know, we're, we're talking six months until September, so all of all of millions of questions are going to be raised. Is it the Mark One filter, the 12dB? Is it the Moog infringing filter? Is it going to be the 4072, the, you know, the latter art filter? What, what is going to happen? And also, it raises one more question, which is really intriguing, and this comes back to the trademark thing. So what is a brand nowadays? And this is something I've been, I've had this question levied at me because when this was announced, obviously my email box was just like, um, what is a brand? Because we have a certain French software company uh, using, uh, using Oberheim, ARP and Moog. We now have Korg saying that they're ARP. And what happens? And you know, Tom, the, the Oberheim name is owned by Gibson, as far as I can, as far as I'm aware. So, how far has this become removed from the sort of original founders of the mm. companies, and how close does this sit with their ethos and all the rest of it? So, there's a million, billion, trillion questions. It's really, really interesting. There is a lot to uh, be discussed. I, I, I know, um, Corey, is it something that excites you? I mean, I, I don't. I see you haven't got yet the MS20 Mini uh, in your uh, arsenal, unless it's uh, off to the side there somewhere. Would you be interested in something like this? I mean, it, and how much could would it have yeah. to be? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, in order to compete nowadays, it looks like it has to be under a thousand dollars, right? I don't know. But, well, the, the sub thirty seven is um, going to be fifteen hundred bucks. Fifteen hundred. So. That's true. So it could go up to that that far. Um, what's interesting, I think that, you know, it's kind of cool that Korg kind of has their thumb on this whole analog thing in a nice way. Um, huge surprise, like mind-blowing, boom, that, 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 you know, Korg ARP Odyssey, it sounds crazy. Um, I think I would be interested in it, but you know what? I think we're in a golden age. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. There's going to be a whole lot of things that you can't possibly, at least myself, I can't possibly have everything, so I have to choose wisely. Um, but uh, I, I kind of dig the idea. It, it'll be nice to see what they do with it. I'd be interested to see. You mentioned the, the, the uh, Moog infringing filter. What, would they even be able to do that, though? Didn't they get the pantsuit off of them? I don't. They, can't, they couldn't possibly, I'm pretty sure, because, I mean, that would be... Yeah, yeah. 
That's but, that's that's too huge. They they. But you know, it, and it's interesting though because the the re- the kit that they've just announced, which is the remake, that's got uh, switchable between the uh, the the version one and version two filter. So there's probably a pot that it's possible that they could do that. Yeah. So Joe Silver says in the chat room, they could brand it carp, which I like. I'm liking the brand oh. carp. I think that's mm-hmm. a, a, that, that carp org, perhaps something like that. I don't know, but <laughs> I think, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it and whether they can get the price. I know, um, David, there's a million things. Technically, there's just a million things. Technically those sliders. So you have to bear in mind that an odyssey, None of those sliders had any indents on them at all. So, and there was no 440 tuning reference. So that when you saw people like George Duke and Herbie Hancock and those guys freaking out on the machine and Billy and whatnot, to bring it back in concert pitch was just kind of really quite staggering. And, you know, people with perfect pitch were able to do that. Other people like me are less fortunate. But it's all of those things. So how are they going to take it a stage further? Are they going to... It's, I'm really fascinated by it. It is interesting. It is interesting. Mark, you sound like you want to come in there. Do you think this is uh, something we need? I mean, one of the questions that came up for me was, are we, as users, unable to comprehend new methods of technology or are the manufacturers running out of ideas? I'm going to use an analogy. Go for it. I went shopping the other day to buy some sausages. I was on the way back from sausage sausage shopping and I saw this nice Mark II Jag coming towards me and I thought, hang on a minute, there's something really weird about that. They've put very strange alloy wheels on that look like they're kind of at the wrong angle and the wrong size for the wheel arches. Why would anyone do that? And as it drove past, I sort of clocked that it wasn't a Mark II Jag at all. It was a Japanese copy of Mark II Jag. And there was something sort of a bit wrong with that and I just, you know, if they're going to do it, I hope that they've done it with all the authenticity and all the quirkiness that makes it what it is and they haven't tried to tweak it or change it or upgrade it because it just wouldn't work to do that. It either is that or it isn't that. And if it's not that, it's going to be like one of those horrible you know, well, fake yeah. Mark II Jag. Well, so. It could be like a modern Fiat 500 as opposed to the old one. It could be that. <laughs> yeah, but there's yeah, no reason exactly. why it shouldn't be. I mean, they've made the MS-20 pretty damn close. I mean, it's the reason it sounds different in a lot of cases, I mean, okay, they haven't been able to use germanium in it, but also it, the electronics are 30 years newer than anything that you can compare it to. I don't know. What do you think, Diego? Yeah, I mean, you, go, I, does it go back to the same point? or? Well, there's a thought in my mind. It's like when those machines initially came out, they had an impact on the music scene. What is the expected impact of these remakes now? I mean, if we are driven to create a different music and just to continue evolving somehow as a musician and sound is a fundamental part of this, what kind of experience am I getting by purchasing a clone of a machine that, it's a clone anyway, so it's not the real yeah. deal because, for example, in analog sense, sometimes things freak out and they make beautiful sound just because they're not supposed to do that. And, and so I'm wondering, from an experience point of view, what are you buying? Uh, how long are you going to be satisfied with this machine? Uh, I mean, you spend the, you know 1500 and then you play for a month and then you go, and now what? What kind of music am I creating with it? Because these are musical instruments at the end of the day. They're not video games. <laughs> I mean, if you buy it as a video game, yeah, you can you know, buy whatever you like. But if you buy it to make music, what do you expect to create out of that? That's my question. I think there's, there's, a, a, I there's, th- 
Sorry, Nick. Go, Dave. There is a really interesting point here in that the architecture, I find, obviously you can tell that I'm slightly obsessed with this, but the architecture of a synthesizer is what really draws somebody in. And sometimes yeah. you don't have a relationship with a particular synth and you kind of go, oh, it sounds okay, and kind of move on. But there are some synths that, the odyssey, the fact that you've got those kind of, the duophonic mode with that ring modulator that becomes really yeah. gnarly, you can develop a very personal relationship with an instrument like that. And it's not often that that's really happened to me. I've had, you know, you kind of get it with the mini Moog, obviously, because it's got that tone and those filters, the filter that just kind of draws you in. And, and obviously with things like the two boys and the Sam and the eight boys, but there are an awful lot of kind of synths out there that I kind of play and go, mm. but there are certain characteristics of it that uh, the envelope slider with where basically you're running it through this, uh, you know, the second oscillator is synced with the hard sync and then you're moving that um, envelope slider up and down to get that really aggressive tones and stuff like that. So I think it's those kind of things that either people will go, this is, this is my instrument, it feels like it's made for me, or they'll go, like Diego say, I'll leave it, I'll uh, go buy something else in a month. Sorry, go, go. No, I was just saying the, the, the value of that sound is not uh, diminishing with time because the, the fact that you guys created virtual versions of those instruments, it's great. You took a concept. I mean, it started as a physical machine. You created it as a virtual machine because that's how the technology is evolving. But now you're br they're bringing it back in physical form. Yes, they give you the fact that you can tweak stuff and everything. That's interesting. But... Uh, how is that significantly going to impact the way you create and the way you contribute to the evolution of music? Mm. Uh, you can definitely develop a certain, you can develop a personal uh, relationship with this. You can love the sound and you can say, this is my instrument. That's fine. I understand that. But in the bigger picture, what is this instrument adding? I mean, when it came out back then, it added something. Right now, what is the add? Uh, the experience. I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't a uh, uh, value. I'm just saying when someone purchases something like that, are they asking themselves the question, what am I going to do with this? What is the significance for me to purchase this? That's it. No, well, no, no I, I don't think you, people in, are asking in 99% that question. Of the time, in 99% of the emails that I've had, most people have said, Finally, I can fulfill my Gary Newman, Billy Curry, there it is. George Duke fantasy. And that's it. It's that there kind it of is. expectation. They will be in there in the dark at night with the lights down going, wrestling with this machine. <laughs> that's it. I think it's the, the, these classic machines have been talked about to, and made into like these. And mythical, nobody owns them apart from, you know. Yeah, you know, you can't get them. Even if you see them somewhere, they're, they're like, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars. You can't afford them. Yeah. You can't get them. The idea that some new company is making them and you can get them for about the same price that you would get a modern synth is like mind blowing. And I think that's what they're appealing to. It's almost like, it's almost like Hollywood, because the same thing can be said for Hollywood movies. Are they doing anything new anymore? No. They're making books, and they're making comic books. And I don't know if there's a new movie that's been out in the last five years. Um, but I think that's going to start to happen a lot with these scents. And is it special because it's special, or is it special because it's just kind of unobtainable until now? I think that's more what's going on right now. 
Mm, I mean, from a commercial point of view, that makes complete sense. I agree with Corey. You cannot purchase the original machines, so it's an opportunity for people to access those machines. But again, after you owned it for a while, uh, I would like to see. You know, I would like to see what happens next. Yeah, I think it's. But I think you know, I. I don't I, myself. If I buy an instrument or get hold of an instrument, I'm not thinking what's it going to do for my life. I'm thinking, oh, well, it'll be interesting to see how my ideas are interpreted using this tool. So, I mean, I, I don't know that you. Sh- it's probably. A, I mean, I think in this case where we it's, we've had it one time around and it's coming out again, I can take your point. But if for anything, you know, you wouldn't necessarily apply the same rules to. I don't know a plug-in or whatever. What's this going to do to the evolution of music? It's more like, well, what can it do? that I can't do already, I suppose. It is another thing that you can apply to that. Sorry, Mike, you wanted to go in as well. I'm just, I mean, it's sort of an accessibility thing, isn't it? Having all everything there in front of you, and it's making it accessible to a younger group of people. So the, the younger group of people are either going to get hold of it and it, it becomes affordable for them and it becomes something cool to have, So and people's dads are going to buy it and the kids will be playing with it as well. So... It will either fly or it won't. So music will either go off in that direction of analog or the contribution it might make to music is that all of these analog things will come out and everyone will go, you know what, that was the thing we were seeking all these years and it's not quite so good as we thought it was, so let's do this instead. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I'm in that camp. I'm in the Waldorf nave on my iPad is a really interesting direction to go in because it does a whole load of things that analog things don't really do. And I, I want to hear more complex synthesis methods being kind of welded into the analog. I want to own an analog synth with that's like a great 2, point. 000, yeah, that's 2,000 modulation possibilities. I want to be able to, I want to be able to ring modulate the envelopes or something like that. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> something that would really... Daytime or ring modulate the release or, or, I don't know, do all sorts of... So it, so it creates, creates like a whole new sound. It's not like trying to emulate... Mm. Analog synths were originally trying to em, emulate instruments and some of them do it mm-hmm. really well, but what about if it's not trying to emulate an instrument and then it's not trying to emulate everything that's been done so far, but it does something... Something of its own kind. It needs a new modulation possibility to do that. It needs new ways of... That's, uh, that's interesting. I suppose that's... You know, that's sorry. Uh, um, no, go ahead. Um, that's the th- interesting thing about some of the new stuff, like the new Moog and the new Electron stuff, is doing something slightly different. And sorry, exactly. Jake, you, you wanted to come in exactly. there as well. Exactly. There's that's something it. little different. That little thing different, it's, it makes it worth... the. Uh, Checking it out, in my in my opinion. Yeah, okay. Because I, I love agree. analog stuff. I love analog stuff. <laughs> I mean, I have some. I would like to have more. But give me something that when I turn it on, I play something. I go, hmm, this is interesting. This is something that I haven't heard before. And also, it gives me the benefit of being a physical interface. I can perform with it. There's a there's a physical relation with the instrument. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's satisfying. From it, 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 it satisfies my curiosity for sounds. It's like gives me something that. It's different. I don't mean better or... I just, just say different. different. I think that's very well said. Very well said. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Mark is uh, currently evaluating the Electron A4. Uh, will be coming to us later in the week to... Uh, well, tomorrow, if I hope, uh, if, if the schedule's worked out, to, uh, to bring us his thoughts on, on that. So... <laughs> So you can, uh, if I can work out how to use the damn thing, <laughs> I've, I've approached it with this whole 
I am not going to look in the manual. I'm going to work out how to do it myself. And then I got really stuck. And then I looked on YouTube and I found a Swedish seven-year-old explaining how the sequencer works. So I figured that out now. <laughs> Thank you, seven-year-old. <laughs> but I, I'm a great believer in if there's a technology, it does need to follow some kind of established route for the people that have been doing it for years to just be able to step into it. And then it does like a whole load of different stuff. So maybe I'm contradicting something I said earlier. I don't know. But I am struggling with a couple of things because it does work in a very different way, doesn't it? Mm. works more like a video recorder than a computer. Yeah, Betamax or, uh, or VHS? Oh, Betamax, <laughs> definitely. It's better. <laughs> anyway, we could, we could expand it, but it's a very interesting news, and obviously, you know, I'm hounding my Korg contacts to get as much information out of it as possible. There is nothing forthcoming. No target price, no, no there's going to be nothing at Mesa, I'm told. So, you know, I, as much as I'd like to find myself in a hotel room with a prototype, because there is one, apparently, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. But uh, I will... You know the worst thing about this? What's that? We've got six months' wait yeah. where the void is just going to be filled with all manner of nonsense and speculation. <laughs> yeah. I, Bullard said in the chat room, you know, just put all the filters in it, then you can choose, uh, which isn't a bad idea. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, you know, I think if you look at what they did with the uh, MS-20, I think you're more likely to get pretty much the same thing but with a USB MIDI interface, and that'll be about it. You know, they, they will... I, I don't know if they can make the faders any cheaper than they were on the original, but, um, you know, I, I'm looking at a picture of the prototype. It looks like, you know, the same kind of deal, really. They're going for the same remake, so I, I don't know. It's an interesting idea, but I think there's going to be a lot of more of this. You know, as these big companies that, that can scale up and build things... Uh, to mass market start to turn their giant super tankers in this direction you know things are going to start to change and uh, Korg have been doing the analog gig for a lot longer than anybody else so I think they're going to see a lot more uh, innovation from them because you know they're they're already have trained their um, their their production line workforce to you know how to build this stuff and the QA department on how to make sure it doesn't go out the door and doesn't work you know and works okay so those things are all very key same with that uh, same with um, Artoria as well you know they there's big learning curves in moving back to to uh, you know stuff that's on circuit boards rather than uh, DSP and what have you so that's it's a very true. different kind of world completely anyway on that note I think it's probably time to uh, to say goodbye to our listeners uh, and I want to say thanks again obviously to um, everybody in the chat room and again I'm going to say it again Champ in the chat room thank you very much there's going to be some more footage coming from him he's been going so they've got so much footage through that actually um, he's used up his gobbler um, freebie which in case you don't get a chance I've uh, you get an extra 10 gigabytes so um, check that out if you sign up you get 5 gigabytes free but you can email um, uh, large files to each other which is what we've been doing anyway I digress so we're going to say thank you very much Corey Banks for coming along Yo. I really appreciate it I know it's early and you've now got to do a full day of work and stuff so, yeah that's uh, right <laughs> so you'll that's just right. be you'll, I appreciate it it's like cycling to work I think you know you'll have all, your brain will be in gear you'll be right on it this morning and then you can oh, just yeah. take the afternoon I'm, I'm ready to shake them I'm ready to shake them and move them now that's all good <laughs> but do check out B-Boy Tech Report for uh, music technology from a hip hop and R&B perspective he's got a lot of stuff up from Nam. Um, check out uh, from a very different angle to everybody else so do please go do it and thanks very much Corey indeed Thanks for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. More than welcome. And Diego Stocco, uh, thank you also for coming in. And really do look forward to seeing the next in your... Ah, oh, now I'm going to write it down. 
Bam, I know. The, the next video in the series. The next video, the feed forward sounds. Yeah, uh, you can get them from Diego Stocco. There's links to click through and uh, diegostocco.com, $9.99 per video. You can buy them all or buy one and then another one. And, exactly. Just buy one. Buy one 10 times. Who knows? Give it to your friends, but buy it, obviously. Diego, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming in. And we didn't have the leaf blower today, so it's a, all good news. It was hovering outside. Luckily, I'm using a shotgun mic now, so you can hear it much. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. Well, there's a man with ma I'm sorry, a man with many microphones, one for every job. Right, but thank you so much. It was a pleasure chatting with you guys. Uh, always uh, entertaining, and uh, you know, always a lot of thoughts flying around. <laughs> Super. Thank you very much, Diego. And uh, we'll also say thank you to Mark Tinley over there in Pixel Land. You look like you're on one of those Fisher Price cameras, which is people pay a lot of money for those on eBay. You should, whatever it's doing, you should make sure it carries on doing it. A Proberg. I don't. Oh, is it? It's probably not supposed to be doing that, but anyway. No, I don't think it is. I think it's probably not even meant to be on this operating system actually well the, the, <laughs> Somehow it is. the frame rate's really good and the audio's fine so maybe it's just the camera setting but it's uh, quite unique i don't have any drivers for the camera that it's just using some weird generic one so well I, I don't know. anyway mark thank you very much mark we look forward to seeing you um uh, for some a4 action in the uh, well in the next 24 hours indeed so if i can if i can get there by boat yes I'll well there is that boat. <laughs> and uh, well thank you Mark and also Dave Spears thank you for chipping in I realise that um, this is hopefully this has been right down your street and that the call, the call Odyssey is very thrilling anyway Thanks, thank you very much Dave uh, and that's it for this week we want to say thank you also to our show sponsors Isotope do check out Beat Break Tweaker and um, yeah we'll be back next week and um, that's it for now in fact we might even talk about the new Mac Pro if anyone's seen one in the wild but that's sort of a week before tree tease. Anyway, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to fade to black and everything. Thanks, folks. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right. Have a good one. Yeah. Cheerio. Cheers, everybody. Cheerio. Right. Bye. Let me just uh, get myself sorted out. All right. I need to boot that up and do the so I can shut that one. Yeah. Thanks, everybody in the chat room. Appreciate that for hanging in there. There's a lot of people online. Nick, can you tell me when we're off air? Yeah, I'm just doing it now. Streamer. Terminate. That's what I want to do. Terminate that one. Yeah.